Jose went Mkhitaryan to Sanchez. This week, the Iceman's gone Parker to Bully. It's the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Welcome back, listeners, once again. It's Bully here and the Iceman. Delighted to be back with you for my first podcast of the new year. Uh, Charlie Parker stepping in and doing an outstanding job, as usual, in the last one. 84th episode of the surgery. First of all, welcome back, the Iceman. Thank you, Bully, and welcome back to yourself, too. Welcome back to the new year, and Parker did do a good job, but never as good as you, mate. Good to have you back. Knowing that you won't be listening to this, you can say that with full <laughs> yeah, confidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, really good to be back. Certainly missed podding over the past month uh, due to other unnecessary reasons. But of course, as sorry, usual, we sorry. have a brilliant guest on with us today. A long-time follower of the pod, I think it's fairly safe for me to say. Joining us all the way from the state of Missouri, we have Justin Dye. Welcome. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Great to have another member of the U.S. contingent joining us. Justin, just tell the listeners, what is your team name currently? Uh, I guess I've got the infamous name of the Iceman's Piss. Love it. Love it. <laughs> You're going to have to put a patent on that. That's going to uh, <laughs> yeah. pop you right on that. Yeah, great to have you on board. Um, just tell us a bit about how you've been involved with FPL over the years and how you're getting on this season. So I kind of started FPL, I guess, four or five years ago, just played, you know, randomly, not really checking my team a whole lot, and then started to get more into it last year. List started listening to the podcast and took it a little more serious, and this year got into stats and Twitter and not doing too bad, up to the top 20K and hoping to push on from there. That's absolutely great standing at the moment. I think me and me and the Iceman have agreed that, you know, if you're finishing in the, I mean, the top 100K is pretty impressive, but to be in the top 20 is very, very good as well. Um, certainly you and Iceman are in good company there. So I'm going to come to you just to talk a bit about your team in a minute. First of all, Iceman, how did you get on in this game week? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I got 71 this game week. I'm up to 6k overall now. So yeah, going really strong. I had Aguero, so I actually put him as my captaincy. I resisted the Kane captaincy where everyone else was going Kane because I just, I just thought that Aguero would score more, and obviously he did. And it was the uh, the beautiful ending to my game week, which really filled me with joy, where I was actually hoping for just a one nil from uh, Swansea for Liverpool, the Liverpool game. I know I I just brought him for me this week so I've got actually got Firmino, Aguero and Kane up top but just because so many people had Firmino I was just hoping for a blank him and Salah both blanked and my Fabianski got me a nice strong eight points so yeah flying high at the moment and loving it absolutely awesome game week from you there Iceman yeah so big punt to put Fabianski again against a free scoring Liverpool side though but to be honest, I only had Elliot on my bench, and he is not playing, so I didn't really have a choice. It was, it was kind of a Abs- forced start. <laughs> Absolute mastermind tactical decision there. Brilliant from you. Yeah. Okay, unfortunately, I can't match you. I got just above the FPL average with fifty-two. My my only positive, I suppose, that came off was I brought uh, Hazard in, selecting him over rushing Salah back into my side after taking him out 
when I uh, packed Tottenham players into my side for the double game week. So I was still suffering the hangover of that. To be fair, having Kane, Eriksen and Vertonghen the week before had done me good. But uh, this week, Eriksen, of course, not playing, getting any points. So he was subbed off for my bench midfielder. So Hazard was the big scorer for me. I had Kane captain, Sterling got an assist. And after that, nothing really to write home about. So just above the average. So I didn't plummet, but certainly didn't make any, any ground. Justin, how about you? How did you get on? Uh, so I'm in the average boat too, 51 points this week, uh, looking at a third red arrow. Um, Jones put me on for another nine points, so I'll uh, take it and keep going from there. Had a captain on Salah, obviously that didn't come in, but that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, it happens like that sometimes. And again, captaining Salah, you, you could have put your mortgage on him scoring against Swansea before that game, couldn't you? Yeah, you could have. That's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, so common sense thinking, as we know, in FPL doesn't always prevail, unfortunately. Mm. Let's see how it affected the rest of you then. Let's have a look at our uh, surgery podcast mini-league. So, some movers and shakers, but the same old story at the top. So, if I run through the uh, the top ten, uh, so we've got uh, in joint uh, joint ninth place, we've got Return of the Yeti, Eddie Fredericks. Um, joint with ABCDEFC, Andrew Duckworth, very original, like that team name. Um, People's Front of Jude, oh, there we go, yeah. Uh, Colm <laughs> Dunmody, <laughs> struggling with these names this week, I need practice again. <laughs> we've got Costa Del Cucci, Jagers North uh, down to seventh. Still doing well, though. Two girls, one schlup, Andrew Ferguson. I'm not going to try and announce, uh, pronounce that team name, but Jay Loggerwood. I'm pretty sure that's a joke as well, isn't it? Jay Loggerwood um, in fifth. Cruise Control, Stevie Sunshine down to fourth. That's a new one I haven't read out before. Uh, Joe Stone down to third. Luke Kyle Walker's dad, Rizwan Chowdhury in second. But top of the pile, outscoring everyone this week. Uh, once again, Lalana Land, Dirk Gently. <laughs> <laughs> it's normally Demir Tanay, but he, he's changed that for comedy purposes. So, that's yeah, an absolute, that's a minefield, that, uh, that top 10. Jay Loggerwood, just to be fair, if that is your real name, I do apologise. Um, I've got uh, mixed up in all the other team names. So, <laughs> uh, but no, Milana Land, Demir Tanay, uh, in theory, is still absolutely flying. Game week score of 91. And uh, overall rank is 11th. So he has dropped, having said that. Pretty impressive, eh, Iceman? Yeah, he just played his wildcard, and he's uh, brought in some surprising people in terms of William, and uh, he's just got Aguero up top, so he's literally just played it, taking out Kane, so he's going full full guns on Aguero at the moment. Strong. And he obviously thinks uh, Everton are going to come good with that Tosin yeah. pick as well. Yeah, that's a strange pick. Really got hopeful of that one. Well, he is coming on soon, so hopefully we can discuss that with him. Yes, Demir, um, whether it's Demir or Dirk, very much looking forward to meeting with you in the uh, in the, the coming future to discuss all things FPL. Iceman, let's move on to uh, this week's fixtures. Well, I say this week because we're looking at the following Tuesday. So yeah, the Tuesday, week, the 30th of January, for any of you bothered by the, uh, the City fixture tonight and who's playing and who's not. So they've got a bit of extra rest until Wednesday, the 31st of January. Having said that, the game's come thick and fast because there are Saturday fixtures after that. So we've got a little minefield to negotiate here. First of all, we've got Swansea versus Arsenal. Arsenal, of course, bringing in Mkhitaryan, losing Sanchez. Me and Iceman, I'm sure, will be very bitter about that later. <laughs> Rumblings of Aubameyang joining the club. Justin, what do you think about this fixture? Anyone you would call? Oh, man, where to start here? So... I think Swansea have a couple guys I would look at, uh, at least coming up for the next couple weeks, maybe Mawson and IU. Uh, as far as Arsenal are going to go, 
I have a hard time with them. I've had Mustafi for a couple of weeks, and Arsenal seem to keep making a habit out of letting goals in after the 75th, so I wouldn't recommend anybody in their back line. Maybe Bellerin. You know, he's getting a lot of points, picking up a lot of bonus. Lacazette seems like he's been in and out. He's had one goal, two assists in the last five. Um, I think you guys really got a good gem with uh, Mkhitaryan, and depending on if you guys bring anybody else in, he could be a great shout. Speedy winger, good at assists. Pretty much what I've got for that game. Yeah, I think with Mkhitaryan, you've got to remember how good he was at the start of the season. A lot of people put him in at the start of the season with that hope that he he was going to turn good, and he did. At 7.6, I think he is now, is that it? 7.6, that's, that's tuppence for that type of midfielder. He's, a, he's, he's going to be a massive differential as well. So I think it's a punt, and I think it's ones for those which are chasing. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to go there trying to maintain my rank and going to someone like that could also hinder you. But I see great potential in him. I think that with these fixtures coming up, I think Arsenal probably do have the best fixtures towards the end of the season out of the top teams. It's just they've not had very good assets to actually have. So maybe now uh, Mkhitaryan at that price could be could be a good one to go for. Yeah, I agree with you, Iceman. And actually, the, the one that would really push me in his direction is if we did sign Aubameyang. Those two, when they played together at Dortmund, uh, were absolutely smashing in the goals together. Mkhitaryan, a big provider. So I'd be very excited the two of those linked up with our with our side again. I agree with what Justin's saying about the Arsenal back line, though. You still can't quite trust them. All looked very good in the first half until we kind of shut down against Crystal Palace and then let in that goal. So at the moment, I'm still, I've, I've still got Kolasinac, and he will be my transfer out this week for someone. But I think uh, moving forward, you know, I, I think Mkhitaryan will play. He's not come to sit on the bench, so I think you'd be safe putting him in the side at only 7.6. I'm also keeping my eye on a returning Ramsey as well. As soon as he's fully fit again, he'll be straight back in my basket. Yeah, it's, it's with these fixtures. You kind of do want to you want to go for Arsenal. Like It's just difficult to choose which one. I mean, Lacazette is showing he's a good finisher, a great move for the goal. I did say last pod, you can probably feel it coming from him and he could benefit from these easy fixtures. And he, he looks so happy after he scored. It looks like he may have like actually got his confidence back. I, I did look at some stats for him and he is quite high up there. He's fourth overall for penalty touches at the moment. So it looks like he does get into the box and does get involved. It's just with these changes, whether Aubameyang's going to come in whether that will displace him or not I don't know whether it will just put him out on the wing and put Aubameyang up front it's very hopeful for Arsenal fans but it's difficult to actually bring in any Arsenal players even Ozil who he assisted that Lacazette goal he did look amazing in that game but again it's against a poor opposition in Palace and he doesn't always do it every week it's just whether he can do that every week to the end of the season and all, all these players are just kind of yeah. uh, I'm not really not really feeling that I mean people are looking at Awobi but he's not for me although he has had seven shots on target in the last four but he's just not as consistent as you want him to be and again he scored in the last game but it was against a, a weak opposition in Paris yeah, I think there's some really good points there, Iceman. The, the other point I'd make about Lacazette, like you said, is I, I, I really fear if he does sign Aubameyang, then Lacazette will be the one that's sacrificed. You could see him ending up in a in a left wing role, like Sanchez got pushed out to Welbeck. And if he plays the 3-4-3, three, three, he'll be one of the men playing in the number 10 role. So he'll be on the pitch, but it just I, I'm not sure if he'll be in his strongest position because I think Aubameyang will get... That, uh, that striker's berth, but it remains to be seen. But I think at the moment, uh, Mkhitaryan seems your safe bet. Anyone else from Swansea? Well, 
their favourites to go down, aren't they, Swansea? I suppose Fabianski providing his owners with, with joy with that eight-pointer. He has actually got the most saves so far this season with 95. But like... He was, Justin, he was the top goalkeeper at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, but but like um, Justin said, I, I wouldn't go for any of these guys yet. I would wait until their fixtures improve. And when is that? When do their fixtures improve? Um, Game week 28 looks to be uh, when you're going to want to look back at Swansea... From then on, it looks like they have, coming up in 28, they've got Brighton, then West Ham at home, Huddersfield away, then Southampton at home. Yeah, so it's those fixtures you want to kind of look at maybe one of these players, like the likes of Ayu. He's actually most tackles so far this season for strikers. But he is a potential one just to stick on your bench and then hope maybe come on and get someone out of those good fixtures. But I wouldn't actually bring in any anyone, even Fabianski. It's, it is risky to bring in the likes of him. Uh, Fabianski, you don't think Mawson's worth a punt? Uh, it's, no, not in these next three fixtures. Maybe in uh, game week 28. I just wouldn't do it at the moment. Don't do it is the message from the Iceman, Lee. I think that's a fair point. Well, we've said a fair bit on uh, Arsenal-Swansea there. West Ham versus Palace. This is a much more interesting fixture. Now Roy's got Palace a little bit more functional, though, to get whipped by the Arsenal at the weekend. West Ham remain kind of your Jekyll and Hyde side. Both clubs need reinforcements in this transfer window, so I'm very interested to see what happens over the coming week. Iceman, any, any sort of thoughts on, on either club here? Well, West Ham have just been hit by a few injuries. I know they've uh, got Lanzini, Carroll are out, and uh, recent news is that Marco Anatovic could miss up to four games after suffering a reoccurrence of a hamstring injury. So it's looking bleak for them already. They were looking good, and it was all kind of hopeful for Arnie up front because he was delivering the game before last, but... Now it's kind of, oh, you kind of want to stay away. And, and with Crystal Palace, there's still no one there for me who's really pulling up any trees. Zaha, you know, he's a dribbler. That's all he does. And Benteke can't seem to finish his dinner. So not really any options I, I want to bring in. And with all these injuries, I just kind of want to stay away altogether. Yeah, Justin, any thoughts on that one? Uh, I mean, there's not really anybody that sticks out for West Ham, especially now that Anatovic and Lanzini both went down. Um, I was kind of reading today that Chicharito put out that he uh, he's open for a move. So oh, yeah, he's looking for a move. Goes another one of their strikers. Yeah, um, if it was to be anybody, I mean Cresswell, who should be almost back. I mean, after Palace, they've got Brighton, Watford, Liverpool, and then Swansea. So you could potentially have clean sheets there. And Cresswell seemed like he was a little attacking when he was in um, Palace. I mean, if you wanted to kind of get on a quick two game week punt i like the looks of miljevojevic i mean it's 4.7 he's on pens he's had two goals in the last five doesn't look too bad he seems to be the center of their midfield attack in my opinion yeah I think other than I, that i, I mean i agree with that that's a good shout i actually missed that one i also think maybe fasu mensa at the back if you yeah. like i said looking for somebody for two weeks he's 4.4 um, he's had two clean sheets in the last five. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a nice shout as well with the injuries they've got back there. And he's he's been kind of a, uh, a regular for them this season, Fosu Mensa, whether that's part of the uh, the United contract. So um, I think that's a good shout, only 4.4 million. Um, and the only other one I'd, I'd possibly say is if you've got Hennessy in your rotation of keepers, <clears throat> West Ham away, Newcastle at home, who are useless up front, for want of a better word, and uh, Everton who are still finding their... Their, their feet, I think, under Big Sam. You've got three potential fixtures there where they could keep a cleanie, so it wouldn't be worth a shout. wouldn't be a bad shout. Sorry. <laughs> just just shout him. Just shout at Henderson. Just, just, just literally just shout at him. <laughs> okay. 
So not too many from uh, from this fixture by the sounds and chaps. Um, potentially a Crystal Palace punt for us to fall on. So let's think about our next fixture. This is the last one on the Tuesday, which as a reminder, make sure you get your transfers done in time for this and your team set. Huddersfield away against the unpredictable Liverpool. Absolutely awesome against Man City. And then they go and do that against Swansea. So, Justin, um, Liverpool, big following in the US. What are your uh, thoughts on them against Huddersfield? Um, Liverpool, I'm looking at Van Dyke at the back, not necessarily for his clean sheets, but his goal threat. Uh, even yeah. in the Swansea game, he was getting forward a lot. He had a lot of involvement for the... Uh, they had 17 shots in the second half. He was definitely in amongst it. Salah's a no-brainer. I don't think that needs to be discussed. A lot of people still on Firmino. Uh, he had that chance at the end of the game. He's had three goals and an assist in the last five. Definitely worth a look up top. Um, I think somebody that's kind of getting overlooked is Mane in midfield. Two goals and an assist, uh, 7.9% ownership. 9.3 could definitely be uh, a double up in the Liverpool midfield if you're not looking to get Firmino up top. As far as Huddersfield's concerned, I don't really have anybody that stands out for me, especially not with Man United after the Liverpool no. game. Then they go to Bournemouth and then West Brom. So, yeah, certainly in the short term, the fixtures don't look uh, don't look great for them. I think it's a difficult one with the. Uh, I still think you're safe with Salah personally. I don't think he'll, he'll blank for for too long. Um, and I agree. It's uh, the thing about Liverpool. They've got that that range up top with the likes. Of of Mane to come in instead or Firmino to do the job I also think if uh, Daniel Sturridge goes you'll see even more kind of total game time for those players um, I still like the look of the developing Oxlade Chamberlain in their team slightly cheaper option in midfield with Coutinho going I think you'll see more game time for him so I'm keeping my eye on him at a sort of lower price to get into their midfield uh, Iceman any thoughts on this? Yeah, more or less the, the same players which you've just all listed, really. I do think Salah still must have five attempts in the last game. He's had the most attempts and big chances after the last four. And he's even missed the game week, so he's just he's still keeping up that form. More or less plays up front. I know he's 10.2 now, but definitely move to him if you haven't got him and also it's just that ownership is massive now it's at 54.9 percent so if he does score big you will fall behind in the ranking but we could say that nearly every week we do have a question here from mark hose is just saying um is liverpool attack still nailed or should we go for other teams like leicester see they did it against City. Obviously, they had Swansea, which shut them out, but they did have a lot of attempts on goal, and I do think they got quite unlucky towards the end. I think Firmino could have had goal there, hitting the post. So I don't think just bail out on the Liverpool uh, attack. You know, they've got some good fixtures coming up. Obviously, this game against Huddersfield, who are not playing well, they seem to be the whipping boys of this season now. I think whenever anyone's playing Huddersfield, it looks like a, a great captain option. And they've also got some great fixtures towards the end of the season. They've only got Spurs, Man United and Chelsea. They're the big teams they've got to play towards the end of the season. Otherwise, it's all teams below them. So I still think that having at least two of them, like Justin said, Mane, I think will be a a great differential at some point. He hasn't quite hit form again yet, but I do think he, he will come into his own at some point. Okay, yeah, I think that's a fair point. It's only a matter of time, and we've got a whole half a season, haven't we? So players can certainly push on at this point. Um, So let's move on to the Wednesday fixtures. We've got the first 74... 70? Jesus, I can't speak tonight. The first 7.45 kickoff. We've got Chelsea against Bournemouth. Now, my my comment on this would be... um, 
Morata in the first half of the season was a go-to at one point. Then he dipped in form, and we had this, this kind of discussion about him struggling to play without a winter break. Um, I think Chelsea being linked to... When they were being linked to the likes of Crouch and Carroll, I wasn't so worried. But the news of Edin Dzeko potentially signing would put me off him quite a bit because I, I think the type of player Dzeko is, he's not coming to play for the odd 10-minute stint. So at the moment, I'd be steering clear of the likes of Morata. I do think, though, there's a lot of value here for Hazard owners. And if you haven't got him, and maybe wildcarding at this point, to be seriously considering him. More points at the weekend. I think he's been carrying Chelsea and will be for the next uh, next half of the season. Any thoughts, Iceman? It's just that he is the FPL troll of the season, Hazard. Like everyone's had him at his blanks, and he just you get rid of him, and then he scores a massive hole, and then he just he just really pisses you off because like he did to me, I brought him in just after his fifteen hole against Newcastle in game week fifteen, and then he blanked for one, two, three, four, five, six game weeks, and I think the game week before he was actually out, he ended up scoring ten points, and then yeah, he scored sixteen points in the last game, so it's just very hit and miss with Hazard. It's if you're gonna have him, you may as well just keep him. For the long haul, he's got some good fixtures coming up in Bournemouth. He, he uh, does. Watford. He's got Bournemouth, Watford, and West Brom next, yeah, and then so, fixtures. But, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so it, it is hopeful to hang on to him if you've got him. I wouldn't necessarily bring him in. He only got three shots in the last game, I think it was. So three attempts on goal. He's not going to score those massive holes every week, I don't think. I mean, he could do, but it's whether you take that risk or not. He's just very hit and miss. Hazard. Justin, what's your thoughts on Hazard? Oh, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I had him. I got him in before his uh, haul at Newcastle. I kept him for a couple of weeks. I actually kept him that week, so I turned in good on that. Um, got him out of the team. For somebody that's 10.6, it's great to have in your team. He offers the, that high ceiling at one point, you know, scores in bunches, but he's not a captaincy option. He's inconsistent. Some of the games he goes missing in, I I just can't afford to have him in a midfield. And for anybody who does have him, he's worth holding on at least for the next three weeks. But after that, he plays United and then City both away. I mean, United are probably going to set up a bus and City... I don't see him getting too much out of that game either. So if you're going to have him or you do have him, I'd say three more weeks and then you probably want to look to offload him, maybe go down to Amane or something like that. Yeah, see, it's funny because in the Leicester game, Hazard and Morata got like one shot each and they were terrible against Leicester. I don't know whether it was Leicester just held them up, but then Hazard was great against Brighton. So it's just, it can be hit and miss. Chelsea did play really well against Brighton. Obviously, we saw the William goal, which was amazing team goal. Great couple of flicks they did. Competition with the Arsenal goal, the Lacazette goal. Just a quick one on that. Which goal do you think's better, Justin? The William goal or the Lacazette goal this game week? The the William goal, I mean, without a doubt, the the one touch passing and the double back heel and the outswinging shot. I mean, it was beautiful. I'm not a Chelsea fan, but... I even stopped that and told my wife, hey, you got to watch this. Beautiful. <laughs> wow. It was good. Yeah, I, I was going to vote for that as well, kind of as a, a non-biased Arsenal fan, which I am not. But um, What are your thoughts on Willian? So we've got uh, Jeremiah Johnson asking just Willian in. What do we reckon on him? Bully, what's your thoughts on him? Uh, it's for me no uh, he's he looks really good whenever he plays but I just don't trust him to play regularly enough in that team they're signing another player Chelsea as well this Palmieri which will create greater competition throughout the side so I just 
I don't know. I still just th- those positions. If then, if it's not Hazard or the main man up front, I just don't think there's enough consistency of them playing. Yeah, I think. I so agree. for me, I'm not I'm not quite. I just wanted to have a few more big games, then maybe I'll be convinced. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Thoughts on William? Um, kind of the same thoughts. I mean, he's had two goals and three assists in the last five, but he's also very inconsistent. So in the last five, he's played eighty minutes, thirty-two, eight, ninety, and seventeen. So I mean. If you can afford to see him coming off the bench for you know fifteen twenty minute cameos and you're okay with that, then I would say hold on to him because he has the ability to return and you know when he does return, he's usually getting at least a goal and an assist. It looks like per game, if not you know two goals or two assists. So at six point seven, I would say he's probably not a bad option. I mean, he could look to replace Anatovich with him. Yeah, but yeah, option. just be wary of minutes. Yeah, I mean, he's top first shots on target in the last four, actually, out of all the midfielders. I mean, I suppose if you're looking at Chelsea altogether, you've got to look at Alonso. I, I think you've all got to get rid of him. He's got no attacking returns in his last two. So get rid so his price drops so I can bring him in. That would be great. Uh, Christensen, though, uh, he got pulled off yeah. at... 58 I think it was so a lot of non-owners love that but he must have driven all the owners crazy and I think a lot of Christensen owners have had that problem I do think he's still a good pick because Cahill is currently injured he's expected back on the 31st of January but he is injured at the moment so I think that he should still start so if you've got him I wouldn't necessarily get rid just because you've been disappointed the last few weeks Okay, so you're you're thinking not so much for Alonso at the moment, Iceman. That sounds no. That was first time we've actually gone the other way. That was a very sarcastic Alonso comment. (laughs) Get rid only so that I can bring him in because uh, he's he's too expensive. I know. I know you just want him. I know you just want him. (laughs) Okay, so we're still pro the uh, the Chelsea big men. Um, Bournemouth. Your mate Stanislas popped up at the weekend, Iceman. Yes, he did, didn't he? I like Stanislas. Should we pick him? He's got 100% pass completion in the last four, Stanislas. How many passes? I have no idea. But, uh, One pass again. I do, <laughs> probably. <laughs> He's literally only come back this last game. So I was going to say. <laughs> I just saw, I just had a quick look at the stats and said, oh, 100% pass completion. Yeah, he's only just come back. That's the thing. He's going to, he may be displacing Ibe or Frazier. And Ibe, 16 attempts in the last four, six on target. Second highest out of the midfielders. Hit the woodwork twice in the last four. He was looking like a really good asset to bring in. But now that Stanislas is back, it looks like there may be some rotation with the likes of him or Frazier. But Frazier has started eight of the last ten. And he's got four attacking returns in, in the last four. So those cheap options might be viable. Because after this Chelsea game, they've got Stoke, yeah. Huddersfield and Newcastle. So yeah. it's taking a punt on one of them. And whether you think they're going to always start. Because now that the is is back, it is going to displace one of them. Or one of them is going to be dropped. Yeah, Justin, how do you feel about Bournemouth? Um, like Iceman said, I mean, after this Chelsea match, they have Stoke at home, Huddersfield away, and then Newcastle at home. I think there's definite clean sheet potential in that. Um, if I was looking to get into their back line, I would definitely look at the likes of uh, Daniels. He plays further forward down the outside, uh, definitely gets up and down the wings. He's only 4.7. I had him at one point in time. He's not been too bad. Ake is also another shout at 4.9. Um, be honest, I would not be surprised to see a lot of people going back to Colin Wilson. I mean, in the last four, he's had 24 touches inside the penalty box, three goals and an assist. 5.8 definitely gives you an option up front. And after that Chelsea game, I mean, they could have the potential to definitely 
put goals past Stoke, Huddersfield, Newcastle. And then after that, I think they have Leicester and then Spurs, and then they go into another three-game good form. So definitely a team to keep an eye on. I think that's a great shout on Wilson. He's um, he's slowly risen up as the as the cheaper strike option at the moment for people that are actually netting. So I, I definitely agree with that. He looks like he's got value. And like Iceman said, there's three games. They've then got Leicester in that fourth game as well after the Chelsea fixture. So, yeah, definite potential for cheaper Bournemouth players to supplement your bigger players here. Yeah, and Bournemouth are actually doing really well for attempts on goal as well. So they're, they're right up there with City. They're fifth for attempts on goal right. at the moment. Joint with City and in front of Arsenal. And they've scored nine in their last four. So, yeah, with uh, Wilson, obviously, Defoe's out. King doesn't seem to be playing at the moment. Not sure what's going on with him. Wilson's obviously on pens, and he's their main striker. Yeah, very viable option at the moment, I think. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of DCL owners look to get Wilson in either. I mean, DCL's at 5.4 and Wilson's 5.8, so it's not too far to make the numbers work. Yeah, good job. Well, actually, speaking about DCL, um, the next fixture we've got is Everton versus Leicester. Big Sam making a couple of transfers in the uh, in the windows we've seen already before Cotton Tosin. Just the just the, I suppose it's the Arsenal fan and the FPL historian in me just loves the idea of Theo Walcott playing every week. He got an assist in his first game. It just you can't rely on Everton's attack at the moment. But if they came good, I think Walcott would be a, a great differential in midfield. Yeah, I agree with that because Sam even uh, Big Sam commented on wanting pace in his midfield. Then he went and bought yeah. Wilcott, who's going to be a kind of a guaranteed starter now for the future. He's got he's a twenty goal a season player, really. So I would kind of st- I'll stick my neck out here and actually say he'll, he'll probably score about nine towards the end of the season. Uh, I think there's a lot of hope in him. He's he was always decent at Arsenal. It's whether he can convert that to uh, yeah. Everton. And they've sold uh, they've sold Aaron Lennon to Burnley now, so he doesn't have uh, really any competition on that right hand side pace wise with him another experienced player. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that, Justin? Uh, I'm the same with you guys. I mean, Walcott is definitely somebody who I'm keeping my eye on. Uh, he looks to be hopefully their main guy in the midfield. He's got a lot of pace. I think you're going to hopefully see Kenny staying in in the back line. I mean, 4.6. He's offer offers a a good option in there, and they don't have bad fixtures after this Arsenal match. I do still see that uh, Coleman is still out, unless that's changed. And according to Ben Dinnery, it looked like he was going to be out for a while still, like he wasn't back into training too much, just light running. So still could offer an option there. It'll, it'll be I mean, difficult for Coleman to come straight back in with losing probably a lot of muscle as well. So if he's just back in light training, I think that Kenny's still going to be in that team for a while. One, one interesting um, the thing about Everton's back line, I think until Baines and Coleman are back, um, I still don't trust them for clean sheets and to be to some yeah, extent attacking as well because Everton's strike strike force sort of relied on their delivery over the last few years. Baines and Coleman. But the other thing is there was an interview of Sam Allardyce I was listening to through TalkSport and they were saying he was committed to Holgate and Williams at centre-half. Oh, nice. Whether that materialised or not, I'm not sure, but that does make Holgate a, a decent option for a cheap price back there, so I'm going to keep my eye on that. Yeah, 4.3. The, yeah. the, the thing is with Everton and going towards their back line, I mean, I've got Kenny, but I just, at 4.6, I feel like moving away. Yeah. I, feel, I do feel like moving away because I'm not sure what's happening with Coleman with it. 
he is going to be back and I don't want to have to make that transfer in the future. Also, they've conceded the most big chances in the last four and the most shots on goal in the last four Everton. They're right at the top, so it doesn't look like they're going to be... They're not keeping clean sheets every week for me I can't see a clean sheet in the next three I think Palace are going to score against them I think Arsenal are going to score against them I definitely think Leicester are going to score against them so I'd be looking for maybe after that but then they've got Watford away and Burnley away so even then I still can't see a clean sheet so I mean like Holgate's a cheap option but I can't see many clean sheets there just take a look guys Sorry, just taking a look. It looks like Seamus Coleman played 58 minutes in the U23s tonight, so maybe he's a little further along than light training. Oh, so. wow. Good chat. Nice. Yeah, great start that. So Coleman is on the mend. Um, from a Leicester perspective, I think probably the name on everybody's lips at the moment is Riyad Mahrez. I think there was an interesting um, article on the scout this week um, talking about how he suffers in bonus points because where he is one of the highest dribblers, he also tends to get tackled a lot, which is why he's not scooping the threes. But uh, fun fact for all you statisticians, ever since I've dropped him from my team, he's probably done something every week. So (laughs) there we go. Um, Absolutely awesome this season. Uh, I think he's already up to similar, approaching similar stats to what he did. The year they won the league, he got 17 goals, 11 assists. He's already up to 10 assists and eight goals. So in terms of the form, um, he's certainly putting himself in the shot window, if not for January, for the end of season. Absolutely love this guy's attitude. Could have completely sulked after not moving for the last two seasons but he's stuck with it and he's just been awesome so in my wild card I will definitely be looking at Mares and possibly even um, in my midfield before then if I wanted to downgrade and save money on Hazard eventually only owned by 13.4% for a player that's scoring regularly I think he's got potential to score against Everton definitely at home against Swansea they then have City but after that they've got a run of Stoke Bournemouth and West Brom so I think Mares is hot property at the moment. Yeah, definitely, mate. I totally agree with that. I think he is at that price point, which we've said all season. Now it's hitting the very premium at 8.7. So if you're going to go for it, you've got to commit to it, haven't you? Promising fixtures coming up. I think he could probably score against Everton Swansea. Obviously, then we've got the City game. And then after that, still some good fixtures. A lot of hope there for me. And uh, in form, yeah, definitely a good pick. And is there is there another premium midfielder playing as well as him at the moment in terms of scoring consistently other than Salah yeah it's a good point um, it's an open question I'm not saying that that's not a loaded question I'm saying is, is there I suppose Sterling you're looking at as well uh, he's still getting still getting points I know he blanked in the Liverpool game and only got assists in the last game but he can always score every game but no it, it does come close it's uh, whether who, who you're going to take out I mean like I'm definitely going to keep Salah and Sterling I suppose it'll be the likes of of Son, but um, we can talk about that more when we get to the Spurs game. Yeah, yeah. Justin, do you want to weigh in on that debate at all? Uh, Mares is definitely somebody who's in my thoughts. I've got Ali and Sterling in my midfield, and he's a straight swap for Sterling like right now, who, to be honest, I think Mares is in better form and has a little bit better fixtures coming up, especially in the next five to six game weeks. So it could be a differential shout with uh, Sterling being at 37% ownership, it definitely offers you um, a way in to start creeping up around people in your rankings. Albright and somebody else that I think a lot of people yeah. have been talking about. I mean, in his last five, he's had a goal and three assists, 3.6% ownership, and he only costs 5.6. So he could be an option to downgrade Richarlison and Gross to Albrighton. And who knows, you know, he may end up coming good on that for you 
maybe the second half cross. Yeah, and, and an out of its op- option as well, replacement. If there's yeah. one thing we like on this podcast, Justin, it is a good differential. I think you absolutely nailed one there. Great <laughs> yeah. shout. Yeah. Okay. Um, lads, any, any comment on Jamie Vardy? Do you think he's he's showing some of the form of old that, that makes him so desirable as a third or second striker? I mean, he only scored a penalty, didn't he? But um, he is actually the best in the league with big chance completion with 70%. Yeah. So he, he does finish his dinner, but it's, he doesn't get enormous amount of chances each week. So... I don't know. It's, you kind of want to wait for him to hit it every week again, like he used to. But I can't see that happen. I can see it more from Mara's than him. Yeah. Okay. So maybe not so convinced on Vardy. Um, just to find. I mean, do you think Harry Maguire at the back? I still, I still really think he carries a threat going forward and defensively week in week out. And he's not too overly priced for what he is. Iceman, I know you've, you've talked about him a bit before. Do you still think he's got value? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like they've kept their third clean sheet in a row now. And just on that, Harry Maguire is actually the ninth highest scoring defender in FPL and he's only 5.4 million. So in that, that, top 10 the only player that's sort of near him is Monreal for Arsenal so yeah I think he's a good differential yeah 12.4% selected so yeah definitely a massive differential especially with those fixtures it's just um, Leicester haven't been great at the back throughout the whole season Puyo has done something special there though he really has got them going and, and playing yeah, well so I, I, I could see some more clean sheets coming up yeah I think yeah great pick McGuire Okay, well, let's move this on to the uh, the next fixture, chaps. Some uh, some good discussions there. I know, Iceman, you've got a few more tricks up your sleeve in the coming fixtures. So, um, after this one, we've got Newcastle versus Burnley. Do you notice how I dragged out that transition there? I was trying to find the fixture. Newcastle versus Burnley, two sides that are turning me off a little bit at the moment. Um, Newcastle, with the marquee signing of Kennedy today, uh, giving their fans no reason to like Mike Ashley. Burnley signing Aaron Lennon, bit off the boil recently after their great start, but still what a great job uh, Deitch has done. I think he's just signed a new contract as well. Uh, Justin, any any players that jump out for you in this fixture? Because this is a potential sort of more of a duff one. You know, as far as this fixture goes, and there's not too many people that I want on Newcastle, that's for sure. Maybe Burnley backline, you know, one or two of their midfielders. But uh, as far as this fixture goes, no. And then Newcastle, I would kind of urge people to think about it i mean they pay play palace after burnley but then they have a run of united away to bournemouth away to liverpool home to southampton and away to spurs so i mean you're really taking a gamble that uh they're going to do anything in those next coming fixtures yeah i think that's a really good point and a, and a kind warning to our listeners there iceman your thoughts on them yeah we've a lot of people are actually missing out on uh, Phil Bardsley's price. He's actually only 4.3. And I know it sounds a really strange and random price. A major differential who seems to be playing for Burnley at the moment. I wouldn't necessarily bring him in for this game because then they've got City after that. But they do have City at home. They have got potential for clean sheets. A lot of people were, were moving away from Burnley. But I thought they played really well against United and gave, gave it a good shout there. And they've got some good fixtures coming up after after that Man City game. So, I don't know, Phil Bardsley is kind of ringing doorbells for me. Yeah, I mean, I've still got uh, me in my side and um, no plans to drop him any time soon. I just feel like the Burnley players, with the way they play, they've, they've kept it consistent over a couple of seasons now and I just feel like you could stick a, a Burnley player in and leave them for the rest of the season all being well if they stay fit. Yeah. 
But I like that Iceman. That's a good differential shout there. Yeah. Um, as usual, I haven't really got any love for Burnley going forward. There's no, they don't even if they do win, they don't score enough goals to to make me feel particularly confident in them. Good, so I'll just be looking at their back line at the moment. Good, good Munson has actually created the most chances in the last four out of all the midfielders. I was just going to shout him one goal and one assist in the last five and against United he looked really good he was on set pieces I believe he was uh, the other time they played him as well delivers in a good ball I mean five uh, five mil point six percent ownership uh, could be a cheap yeah yeah and hope that he comes on and does something Uh, I would also like to shout out Tarkowski at the back if you can't afford me he's point two cheaper very low ownership at five percent and as you guys were saying, that after the Man City game, they've got a run of Swansea, Southampton, Everton, and West Ham, so there's clean sheet potential written all over it. I think that's a great shout. Yeah, Tarkowski came out in the media the other day saying he'd love a, love a trip to the World Cup, so he's going to be throwing his body in front of everything <laughs> until the end of the season, so exciting stuff. Okay, we've got a South Coast fixture, Saints versus Brighton. Big fixture for both these clubs. Need to, to get up the table a little bit. Um, Icebound, you want to kick us off with this one? Anyone from the South Coast sides that you think have value? Well, everyone was looking away from Saints because they were doing awful at the time. But I'll tell you who kind of I've been thinking about uh, in a just a, a cheap option, just because he's been playing. But I just always got the feeling that he's just going to be benched at some point. It's Ward Prowse played really well in the last game. I think he got two goals against Watford. He's on their set pieces, was man the match uh, against Tottenham, and uh, it does look like he's involved in most of their play going forward. I mean, like, it is, is a massive punt. He's 5.0 as well, so it would be a punt and probably one to stick on your bench. But, yeah, eight crosses, one chance created, two shots, one on target. He's got potential, but it's, it's yeah. whether you want to go there and take that risk. I think the appeal with him as well, Iceman, is his uh, set-piece ability. Mm. I mean, he can deliver a ball from a free kick and a yeah. corner really nicely, so they just need someone to start knocking it in. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, for, from Southampton, I don't really see many options. But with Brighton, though, they've they've got some great fixtures coming up for them as well. I mean, we had a, a question from Jens at... GGS1 he's just put what to do about Stoke and Brighton the form is off but they have good fixtures so what do you reckon on the likes of Gross, Dunk, Duffy, uh, Justin what's your opinions on on Brighton at the moment? So watching the Brighton-Chelsea match Gross looked really good he delivered a lot of good crosses in Um, I'll put Chelsea on the back foot a couple times I'm surprised they didn't sneak one in the back of the net so I would say at 5.8 I mean if you're still looking to keep somebody that's cheap, he, you can't go wrong there. He's still got good fixtures coming up. I mean, he's in my team. I don't foresee him leaving anytime soon. Southampton, West Ham, Stoke, Swansea, the next four, and then Arsenal, Everton, City. So he's got a little bit of a rough run. But, uh, you know, for the next four games, I wouldn't get him out if you don't have to. Duffy is somebody I've looked at at the back. Um, between him and Dunk, I would go Duffy. They're pretty much the same ownership percentage, but I do think that Duffy offers more going forward he does look like he's got you know a goal in him not into his own not into his net again hopefully but you know those three are kind of the only ones i'm really looking at with brighton yeah with with duffy he's actually the highest for shots in the last four out of defenders so uh up there with alonso so yes uh good shout on that and with gross the thing is with him he always gets subbed off gets subbed off as much as lacazette does 
They're both on 15 for the season, but it's just his record at the moment. In his first 12 game weeks, he hit 68 points, and in his last 12 game weeks, he's hit 37 points, so he's not been that consistent, but... I, th- I think, like you say, with uh, he is playing well. He's getting a lot of crosses into the box, and I, with these fixtures, I do think there might be a lot of problems with him. And I think that he is an option for a replacement for the likes of Anatovic. Yeah, I like, like the sound of that, Iceman. I think if you look at, uh, unfortunately, Lacazette and Gross, two great players who have played about half the season each between them, haven't they? So with uh, substitutions, but no, I think it could be a really good cheaper price option. I do like the idea of Duffy just to have, if nothing else, rotation on your bench over the next few weeks as they're playing against sides that really aren't very good at finding the net. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay. Um, I think, is that enough said on Saints and Brighton chaps? Anyone else to, to add? I'm, yeah, I'm finished on both of them, really. They, they, held, they held Spurs to a draw, Saints, so, but they've still no win in 11. Okay, well, let's move on to the Man City fixture. Then they're taking on the glamorous West Brom side that's been put together. City, of course, playing tonight, advancing in the Cup and, again, looking very good by all accounts at the weekend. Some doubts about Sergio Aguero at the start of the season in terms of whether Jesus would step in and take over from him, but he's very much the man now. Another goal tonight against Bristol, who, to be fair, put up a good fight. It was only 3-2 by the end of it. Justin, I'll let you begin on this one. Who do you fancy from City and West Brom in this fixture? I mean, I feel like you could almost just list anybody from City, but I mean, <laughs> let's narrow it down. I mean, you got Otamendi. I think Stones is somebody to definitely look at at the back. 4.3% ownership only cost you 5.4. He has shown that he can find the back of the net, although it was in Champions League. He did have a couple chances going forward tonight. I think with Jesus out, Aguero's nailed on. I'm honestly thinking about Kane to Aguero, especially after the last week. Their fixtures don't look too bad going forward, and I mean, he's really City's main striker, as you guys were saying. I think somebody else that kind of got overlooked the past couple weeks when Sterling started getting hot was Sané, and and, you know, at 8.4, I think if you're not going to go Aguero to have Sané and Sterling or Sané KDB in your midfield, you know, he's looked really good the last couple games, scored against Liverpool getting forward really attacking on the ball yeah Iceman what do, what do you think about this uh, yeah I think I, I agree with everything Justin said really. uh, the, <laughs> I concur the, the, I mean like what can you say about City I mean Aguero I, I've got him in I do think that he is a great option at the moment it's just that with Jesus might be back soon I mean we had Mark Kerhouse actually ask is Aguero a must because he can be explosive and has high ownership or should I stay off as Jesus is back soon so what, what's your thoughts on that you haven't got him so what do you reckon Bully? Uh uh, well, on Aguero, mm. yeah, I, I, I think you're safe to stick with him for now. Jesus can get take some time to get back to full fitness, and I don't think Pep, Pep was starting to play Aguero more anyway. And given the form he's in, I don't think he's someone that um, you have to worry too much about at the moment. As the Champions League comes back in, of course, they're through to the the cup final and the League Cup as well. Now, it'll be interesting to see what the rotation is like. But I think Aguero is the main man at the moment, the way that he's actually playing. Just one we haven't spoken about, KDB, 10.2 million. So, of course, a premium high-priced midfielder. Goal again tonight in the uh, in the League Cup. But just such a classy player. Hasn't weighed in with as many goals, six this season, but 12 assists. And the way City are playing, he always threatens to do something. Again, wow. for you Hazard owners or even Salah owners, 
a potential good swap there, especially if you wanted Hazard out or if you're coming off any Tottenham players in midfield. I just think he's such an awesome player and he's going to have a huge influence in this back half of the season. Similar to last season, actually, where he really came good at the end with a lot of assists. Yeah, I, I think he's so consistent, really. And yeah, uh, he does seem to be scoring as well. And he's literally just signed a five-year deal to extend. So, uh, yeah, a lot of confidence in him at the moment. If, if you can stretch there, it's just... It's just getting there, isn't it? And having all the other players that you want because you've got the likes of Sterling who I know you mentioned earlier, Justin, that maybe he's an option to move out for the likes of Mares, but he is still very involved in their attacks and he always looks like he's, he can score. He scored an offside goal in the last game. So, you know, he obviously came close and he gets all the chances, is always further forward than most. Seems to be the, the finisher of all their brilliant play. So I, I think that Sterling still is the best option. That's the thing with KDB. You would love to have them maybe both, but I I want to stick with my Sterling and Aguero combo. I think that's a safe bet, Iceman, for the time being. I think Pep's really committed to Sterling now, given the way that he's playing. So I, I'd still trust in him. Also because I still have him as well. So I've got to... Uh, <laughs> I've got to big him up a little bit. Yeah, I think we should. Let's uh, move. To- I think we should just quickly talk about um, West Brom before we just totally ignore them because obviously they're. Not <laughs> I, I get- was. They're not getting anything from this fixture. I think that we've got to look at the likes of uh, J Rod as a, a cheap midfielder, but not quite yet. Maybe uh, in a couple of game weeks' time when their fixtures yeah. improve, because he seems to be doing all right at the moment. He got a goal in the last game and assist in the game before, and he got, also got the goal against Arsenal as well. So, so yeah, he's, he's not doing too bad. Who do you think has got the most shots on target in the last four out of all players, all strikers? Who do you think is the guy? Obviously, I'm talking about West Brom, has got the most shots on target in the last four. Rondon. Yeah, Rondon with 11. No. Yeah, I know. Unreal. Yeah, um, luckiest man in football. Yeah, I know. Did I mean you saw the leg break? I don't know if you saw it. But it was obviously very, what's the word? Humility with that, and uh, had a lot emotional. Of yeah, he was, wasn't he? He started crying. Yeah, yeah you, you, Poor you, know someone, you know someone's not that way inclined when they react that badly to a tackle. That was, uh, yeah, yeah. there we go. I think everyone might uh, be missing a, a trick just quickly on uh, on Fo- uh, Foster, like he. You know, plays every game and he's actually dipped down to 4.4. So if you're looking for maybe a replacement for Elliot, I don't see why you can't go to Foster. Yeah, I've still actually got Foster in my rotation, such as the out-of-date nature of my goalkeepers. So yeah. uh, thanks, nice man. Yeah, yeah. Big, up, big up that decision. But one final point I'll make before we move on. As this is a, uh, a, a mid-January podcast and there's the transfer window, City have been linked with uh, Emmerich Laporte today from Atletico Bilbao. 60 million, for those of you who haven't heard of him before, French international centre-half, been chased by a lot of the top clubs in Europe for the last couple of seasons. If they pull that off, there will be serious threats to the game time for Stones not to mend because he is a top class centre half so just keep your eye on the transfer news over the next few weeks good shout right um, we've got Spurs versus Man United next what I was interested to hear you say Justin is that you're going to move away from Harry Kane record breaker scoring not hat-tricks every game certainly a lot of the time but you, you, you actually want to come away from him I was interested in your thinking about that so with moving away from Kane, I'm looking at his next couple of fixtures. He's got United at home, Liverpool away, and then Arsenal at home. I know he loves a London derby, but I do think that for the next couple of matches, Aguero offers 
probably a higher, possibly a higher point ceiling. So I'm just trying to get in and get some extra points where I can. I think United are going to park a bus. Liverpool, obviously, we know that they are very leaky at the back, so there's potential there. And then Arsenal, like I said, he's always scoring in the London derby. But I am looking at getting the likes of Kane back possibly in game week 28 when City are going to have a blank game week. And then, you know, from then on, going back to Kane. I do still have my wild card, so I may play it in 28 and bring him and Aguero in. But uh, that's just kind of my thought. I think that Aguero has the potential to get more points over the next couple game weeks than Harry Kane does. I think I'm going to kind of argue against that in some way. I mean, like City do have West Brom, Burnley and Leicester, all teams which can shut a a team out. And with with Kane, I mean, like he's on 99 Premier League goals at the moment. So he'll be be dying to get to that 100. And, you know, it's tough fixtures. But to Kane, he can score against anyone. And Tottenham do have the most attempts on goal and the most attempts on target in the last four it's just they don't seem to be as clinical as they could be and Kane's next three I, I looked at some stats which I saw on Twitter he started six times against United he scored one goal so maybe he's not going to get much there but he started six times against Liverpool he's got four goals and two assists he started six times against Arsenal and he's got six goals so I could maybe see quite a lot of goals in there. I mean, if you look at their last games against Liverpool, they scored four against them. And in in a London derby, there always seems to be random goals, so you can't really predict it. So I think don't be steered away just by those two games. Yeah, I mean, again, I own Kane, so I'm going to pack that. But um, yeah, I think he's a big game player, Kane. I think the argument to take him out is fair in terms of Aguero's potential looking at fixtures. I do like looking at the individual, though. It's almost like that season when Suarez was doing it every week. It was just fixture-proof. And as long as Tottenham are providing him the chances, I think he'll score them. So I would agree at this point with coming away from maybe the the Spurs midfield. But I'm going to trust in Harry for a bit longer. Having said that, the argument as well is where he is so high-priced, he does take away the, the more expensive options in midfield. So listeners have a decision to make on this one. But this game isn't just about Harry Kane. So, Justin, just coming back to you there, any other... Tottenham players you think do look good against United? I mean, I think Ericsson in the midfield, you know, provided that he's back from illness, always offers set pieces. I mean, he pretty much is going to be the one that's getting the ball up to Kane. Suns looked a little up and down the past couple weeks, seems to be, you know, getting pulled off a little early. Ali just hasn't looked like he's on pace. He's in my team. He's definitely somebody that I'm looking to get out this week. I mean, coming up against United in this next game with Sanchez, most likely probably going to be playing, hopefully making his debut this weekend. Yes. I, I see United at least uh, getting one goal, so I wouldn't shout anybody at their back line just yet for Spurs. But, uh, you know, I think Tottenham have the potential between a couple of different midfielders and Kane. So it just depends on who you want to take. I know a lot of people probably still have Son. Yeah, I, see, I've still got Son, and he didn't play well in the last game with no attempts. But I think I'm going to hang on to him because I don't think he's kind of going to be a pressing issue for me. I've got kind of more important things to do in terms of Navtovic being injured. I'm going to hang on for now, just FYI. Interesting. Now, one of the things you said there, Justin, that was a first on this pod, and you said, uh, and I quote, Sanchez, an option for United, and I felt slightly sick inside if you said that. <laughs> yeah, um, I think yeah, you're bastards. absolutely right. It's, um, <laughs> he was starting to look good before Wenger dropped him and then 
chucked him for Arsenal. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I want to see where he fits into the United setup, and if Jose puts him in straight away, that'll be the interesting one for me. But of course, if he plays the left-hand side of that attack with Lukaku, with Pogba in it, with Martial, I mean, it'd be interesting to see where he fits in because Martial has been so effective on that left-hand side. It's almost a shame to think that he might lose his place. Iceman, any thoughts on on our our main man with United now? Yeah, you've got Lingard as well, who yeah. who's also involved up front. So it's going to be difficult to to see where he goes. We actually had a, a question here from Tom Campbell, who comes on the pod. Hi, Tom. He says, "Welcome back, Bully." My question: There seems to be concerted movement to sell Lingard after successive blanks being substituted against Burnley, signing of Sanchez, and United's tough fixture in game week twenty five against Spurs. Can you make a case for key? Keeping the faith and sticking with Lingard. So I suppose just thinking of that off the cuff is just with Sanchez coming into the team, I think Lingard will kind of stay in the middle in that central attacking role. Whether or not he would take Marshall's place on the left or Matter's place on the right, I think maybe stick with him because he's only six million. And if you had the likes of maybe like I don't know, Anatovic or Shakiri or someone like that blanking for two weeks running, you'll probably be like, oh, well, he's, he's only six million, so you can kind of allow him to blank there. So I, would, I wouldn't necessarily get rid if, if you've got him. I haven't got him, decided not to go that route, but I would see how he gets on. Yeah, I would say give him another week or two, see how Jose lines him up. I mean, whether he plays three across the top or, you know, heavy in the mid, I don't know. You guys probably better to answer the question. Does Sanchez uh, look like he could play out on the right for United by chance? Uh, he doesn't really play on the right. He did say in his interview that he plays in the left or in the centre. So I think Marshall's going to be drifted out, maybe, even though he's playing well, Marshall. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, just seeing how the next couple of United games go, especially if you're thinking about bringing Sanchez in, you know, he could play the number 10 role. If he plays out on the left, that's probably going to open up space for Lingard to sub in for Mata. I mean, Mata doesn't play the whole game. Lingard's definitely a little bit more of a spark plug. I could see him, you know, easily taking Mata's position, keeping Sanchez out on the left and bringing Martial or possibly even Rashford in mid-game for one of those two. So I would just kind of... Keep your eye on, if, you, like you guys said, if you don't have any pressing issues, I wouldn't necessarily get rid of Jesse yet. That that was gonna that that's a great comment because that was actually going to be my argument for Mr. Campbell was actually in a uh, in a side that's overburdened with left midfielders, um, Lingard is the one you would say has the pace to transition to the right hand side. So I think let let's see what happens, but I wouldn't rush him out too quickly for this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm actually keep the faith, um, and I am going to keep the faith because I have him. So. <laughs> You've had you you had him for from a long time, so you were the one of the original owners of Lingard. So well, well um, done yeah. for actually having him. One of, one of the Lingard's forefathers, but yeah. not his actual father. That, <laughs> that well. would be good, impossible. Great, great pick, by the way. That's a good pick. Thank, thank you. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah, it does. Uh, I, I, I listen to the podcast. Yeah. Okay, so so we're talking about the we're mourning the loss of Sanchez. We think there's value in Lingard potentially still. It sounds like um, the ones that are going to make way matter. Sounds like the one that's going to be lost to the FPL history books and we think Martial still has a chance to play that's what I'm getting from that yeah. just, okay. just also, to... oh, go on. no go ahead now you go you go I would say you know keep an eye on Pogba too four assists in the last five and with somebody like Sanchez who has great goal scoring potential coming in it could also offer another option other than Lukaku for Pogba to play balls too and I could see those two linking up really well and you could even see Pogba you know 
playing further forward now and possibly getting in the goals again. So yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Good shout. Also, we need to mention Phil Jones. I really want him. Uh, he's the <laughs> bon- bonus point magnet. It's uh, I've now moved to a free heavy hitters up top, and uh, I kind of want Phil Jones in my team. So I think Anatovic moving him down to a cheaper option and moving one of my cheaper uh, defenders up to Phil James is probably what I want to do soon. But they, with the- they, just with that, <laughs> just to cover that, they do have... Uh, you do potentially have a blank coming up in game week 28 as well if Chelsea go through, if they beat Arsenal tomorrow night. Nice. I will be in Arsenal's corner for that match. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be in Arsenal's corner because they've all got Phil Jones. Also on the Jones, I mean, for people who, if you're not sold on him, which I don't know if there's too many out there, he is second in bonus points among defenders tied with Otamendi and Aspilicueta. Only Koscielny uh, has more bonus points than those four guys and those Jones, Odomendi and Espelicueta are all on 16 bonus points. So, and, and James has missed five game weeks. I think it was. Yep. Anytime that, uh, United aren't scoring two goals, it's looking like Jones is picking up, uh, three, three bonus points on a clean sheet. Yep. Nice. Well, uh, he must love playing against Riyad Mahrez every time he runs as the chance to tackle him. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, after that absolute feast of attacking options, uh, Spurs versus United, I present to you the final game week: Stoke versus Watford. <clears throat> Sorry, Man- I said Man United versus Watford, didn't I? I meant Spurs no, no, versus. No, no, you said Stoke versus Watford. Oh, did I? Yeah. No. We'll leave that in. <laughs> brain, brain freeze. Brilliant. Uh, Stoke versus Watford. So. Um, Stoke have sacked the manager, obviously, has had Watford's. So the the good news is that uh, Charlie Adams get a more of a look in now. Uh, I listened to an interview with him on on a talk sport this morning. He seemed to think he might be up for a few games. If any of you fancy a, a punt on Charlie, then, then do. Um, on a serious note, though, Iceman, do these teams provide us any options at the moment is there a defensive option in this fixture what, what do you think well they both have managers now Paul Lambert is now managing Stoke and uh, Xavi Garcia will be managing Watford quick one on Xavi Garcia if you don't know about him he is the ex-Malaga manager and Ruben Kazar and I did listen to Sid Lowe on Football Weekly just bigging him up and just saying that he apparently knows his stuff and has got a good rep for setting up well against big teams uh, Stoke they I mean, they've got good fixtures. We mentioned that earlier in the pod and they were looking good against a poor Huddersfield. So I wouldn't go necessarily diving into Stoke like some people have mentioned on Twitter. Shakiri he had um, three shots in the last game, two key passes and got an assist. But it is his first assist since game week 12. So... Yeah, like I say, I'm not sure we should pile in just due to the fixtures. I mean, like Bauer is the new right back. He's uh, 4.5. Yeah. He looks a little bit tasty, very quick, very attack-minded. So the only thing is they, they're still on record for conceding the most big chance on the whole season, Stoke. So, yeah, there, there might may be potential in the likes of Shakiri or Chupa Moting, uh, but uh, a lot of people are going that route for the um, Nautovic replacement, but I don't think I am. No. And it sounds like the uh, the love has been lost for Richarlison at this point. Yeah, his his record in the last 12 is only 37 points, whereas the first 12 is 66 points. He's just, yeah, he's gone off a bridge. and he's It's a shame. Gone. He was looking really good, wasn't he? And he's just, uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Just a he, he even posted a, uh, a sad, angry face on his Twitter after the sacking. He's probably pissed okay. off as well now. Brilliant. Well, it was presumably he just got rid of Hazard out of his FPL team. <laughs> exactly. Do you guys think that either of these teams could uh, get the new manager bounce and Watford possibly turn it around with Charleston start returning and maybe they pick up uh, clean sheets? I know it looks like they haven't had one since game week 13 was their last clean sheet. So you guys see any potential in that? I think well, when, you, when a new manager comes in, has got a reputation because I mean that's what Malaga were good for um, at one point is setting up well against sides. I mean they had that run in the in Europe a few years ago. Actually, I'm not sure if Garcia was part of that. Or not. I'd have to double check that. But yeah, uh, possibly, possibly one of these sides might come good. I'm not sure about Lambert, but we'll, we'll see. He's got another chance in the Premier League, hasn't he? So, Iceman, any other thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> Okay, well, that takes us to the end of all of our fixtures, so um, I think it's time the Iceman took his break. Yeah, thanks very much. And it's welcome back to the Iceman from his much-needed break. Uh, we're going to do a summary and then get on some captain's choices. So, gentlemen, when I'm going through the summary, please consider your picks. Swansea versus Arsenal. We talked about the new signings, Mkhitaryan, and if Aubameyang signs would be very favourable. Um, in the longer term for Swansea, Mawson and Fabianski. Fabianski won the highest-scoring keepers in the league this year. West Ham versus Palace with uh, the big hitters for West Ham out. We're saying avoid them. Um, for Palace, some cheaper price options for the next few games at the back. Hennessy and Fosu Mensah will likely get game time. Huddersfield versus Liverpool. We didn't say too much about Huddersfield, but certainly Liverpool, we think you'd be safe with the big hitters like Mane, like Salah. And also Oxlade-Chamberlain as a cheaper option in midfield. Chelsea versus Bournemouth. We debated over Hazard. It was a bit of a, a split between the surgeons this week, so toss a coin on him. We like the look of Bournemouth in terms of their fixtures and a few attacking options that are cheaper. So Wilson, Fraser and Stanislas, as long as he can stay well. I hope he's had his flu jab. Everton versus Leicester. Uh, Mares absolutely on fire for Leicester at the moment. And Old Brighton looking very good at the differential shout from Justin, our guest. For Everton, we, we think what there's there's value in Walcott. He's got an assist already and will play regularly. And Holgate and Kenny at the back look fairly nailed at the moment. Newcastle versus Burnley. Justin politely reminds all fans, please stay away from Newcastle for the time being. But Burnsley, defensive, Burnsley? Burnley defensively. Uh, me, Bardsley and Tarkowski look good shouts. Uh, and Goodmanson has looked to be forming well in midfield. Saints versus Brighton. JWP, a cheaper price in midfield. Good on set pieces for Brighton. Duffy and Gross just for rotation over the next few decent fixtures. City versus West Brom. Pick whoever you want for the uh, for the Blues, but ultimately Aguero looks very good in attack at the moment. Sane, and also if you can afford him, KDB just keeps on doing it. Spurs versus United. We've got Kane and the likes of Eriksen, who we think could cause Jose some problems. Lingard, we think, stick on that one. Pogba's looked very good assisting recently. And to the, the broken hearts of the two Arsenal fans here, Alexis Sanchez is a world-class player. I'm not bringing him in. You're not bringing him in, no. And finally, we had Stoke versus Watford, and we discussed the impact of new management, so potentially defensive options here, but not really that exciting for that one. Nice sum up, Paul. Lovely. 
Okay, so um, having gone through the summary there, we're going to be picking captain's choices for the last two weeks. Throughout the podcast, we've been kind of listing the follow-up fixtures to this week uh, as we're not going to have a chance to get a podcast out for the following week. So captain's choices for the next two weeks. Justin, if I could come to you first, who do you like over the next two game week fixtures? So for the upcoming game week, I'm going to leave the armband on Salah. I think he's going to come good again. I mean, he's only had two blanks and at least the last 10 he already had one so he should be back on the train away to huddersfield i would imagine they'll probably be pretty pressing and then if kane's still in my team following that next week when they play liverpool the armband will be on kane and uh hopes that he comes good yeah so you're, you're keeping the faith in kane as long as long as you don't make that switch to aguero by the sounds of it correct <laughs> Iceman, any any thoughts on these two game weeks then? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Salah's going to blank two game weeks running and he's playing a poor Huddersfield side who just seem to leak goals so I reckon Salah's going to get a couple here I'm, I'm very tempted by Aguero at home but no, it's definitely on Salah If, if I uh, was going for a punty option I would go for Sterling um, and nice. for for the week after, I set on Aguero away to Burnley at the moment. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't know if the Kane option is probably better, as Justin suggested. I'm not entirely sure about next uh, the game week after. It does depend on what happens uh, this game week. So from my perspective, I don't own him, but if I did, I'd go Aguero at home against West Brom based on form and the fact that I think... It- even though Harry Kane's got scoring potential, there's a greater chance of Jose shutting him out. Um, my diff- So if you've got him, I'd say Aguero. For me, I'll probably still end up going Kane. But the differential one I would shout is maybe Hazard against Bournemouth at home. Yeah, that's a good shout. Because I think he'll play and goals at the weekend. So, yeah, with a little bit of form, I, I think he could be a good differential. Following week, um, I look at that. I look at Spurs away at Liverpool. I'm looking at City against Burnley as well. So again, it's a toss between Aguero and uh, and Kane at this point in time. But I think that second week again, if I had him, I'd go Aguero. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Iceman, uh, any any other Twitter questions for us to cover at this point? Yeah, we've got a few more. So we've got one from FPL Red Eagle, uh, normally in our top 10, but he's not at the moment. So I need to redo my cheap defence. He's got Kenny, Ziegler and Masuaku. Uh, What options do you have in the same price bracket? Keeping me and Alonso. So he's got two free chances. And he looks like he wants to spend it on his defence. He's also got 0.2 in the bank. And we actually did have a reply from FPL it. He's just put Dummett at 4.2, Chilwell at 4.3 and Bauer at 4.5. What is your opinion on this, Justin? I'll go to you first on this one. Oh, I mean, Dummett's only played 90 minutes in his last two. He's just coming back, so I would kind of be hesitant to go for that. To be honest, if I had to pick somebody, it'd probably be Duffy or Dunk. I mean, they've got good fixtures coming up. So um, the next four game weeks, they're definitely options. And as we talked about earlier, Duffy's got good underlying stats and has goal potential and hopefully will uh, net a goal or something here coming up. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And Billy? So what what sort of price range is he saying he wants there? I didn't quite catch that bit. So he's looking at cheap defenders because he's trying to get rid of Kenny, who's uh, Mm. 4.6. Ziegler, I think, is 4.4. And Masuaku, I think, 4.6 as well. Um, yeah. So he's trying to get rid of these defenders for other cheaper ones. Who, who do you think to bring in? Okay. Um, 
I mean, if he hasn't already got Phil Jones, I'd, I'd find a way to get him in at that price because he's fairly close to the uh, number he's talking about there. Um, well, he's five. I, I do like. So it's a bit, bit of a stretch, really. It's a bit of a stretch. Tarkowski shout from earlier. Really like that. Duffy as well as we talked about on rotation over the next few weeks. I'd be looking at that as well. Probably those two at the moment. Uh, we talked about Bournemouth's run of fixtures. You could go with Daniels at 4.7. It's just whether or not they can keep a cleanie. Yeah, I think it is quite tight. I think if Barnsley is going to keep his spot 4.3 with Burnley's fixtures coming up, I think he is a potential option. I'm going to, yeah, I, th- I think that he, he's played the last, well, since game week 14, 90 minutes each game. So I can't see him dropping now unless Ward is coming back anytime soon. But. Yeah, he's, he's kind of got limited options there. And I think Holgate, like you shouted earlier, may be another good shout. But yeah, I, I would go with Dummett. I mean, like they've got um, on and off fixtures for a while. And I do think he's going to start, continuously start now. So I would actually go with him as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think he's a good chap. Uh, we've got one last question, just uh, from five two three is a joke at Brendan underscore Walsh one. He's saying, um, "What's sex like?" <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, bully, I say we go to the newly the newly married. Yeah, the newly married bully. What's uh, you had a honeymoon or yeah. You know, Went away with your wife. What? Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think that's off the cards now. I do. I think <laughs> we, we've had the day, and I think it's, it's off the cards. I, I think the closest thing I'm going to get to it is if Aubameyang signs for Arsenal. That, oh. That's all I've got. Right. Good. Okay, Justin. Any, um, any input on that one? Um, no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brandon. I, I hope you, uh, hope you got what you uh, came for, or you're going to get what. He came for anyway. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's it for Twitter oh, this amazing. week, <laughs> Billy. Uh, thanks for your question, guys. That's freshly Brendan. That was um, interesting. Yes, love it. Okay, right, and on to the final feature of the podcast this week, Iceman. I'd like to know what's in the feedback box. Yep, just um, look, we had a fair few replies this week, so thanks, guys, for all your feedback of last week's pod with uh, Mr. Parker as the host. So, FPL Mediocrity is just saying, what another great podcast. Listen to the FF Surgery to improve your rank. Rooney's cheap, well, cheaper than more expensive options was the quote from JNO. So, well done, JNO. You've got into uh, this week's feedback box because of your amazing quote on Rooney. So, yeah, thanks for that, Mediocracy. And, uh, yeah, keep on there bringing on the feedback and we'll try to read it out each each pod at the end of each pod. Excellent. Okay, well, great feedback. Thanks once again, everybody. I want to thank our guest, Justin Dye, for joining us today. Thank you, Justin. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, one more thing, if you guys haven't joined uh, the Patreon for these guys. You definitely need to get into that. I think it's three pound a month. You can join the uh, Slack channel. We got a lot of good conversations going on in there, and uh, a lot of good FPL banter and just general talk and uh, at all. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, appreciate that. Nice little uh, advertisement there for our Slack and Patreon. Thanks. <laughs> Top man, yeah, thanks, Justin. Some great insights there. Another great member of the FPL community. Justin, if people wanted to bother you on Twitter to ask you and uh, discuss all things FPL, uh, how can they get hold of you? 
Um, Twitter handle is at die underscore sixteen twenty two. So that's uh, at dye underscore one six two two. Anything you guys want, shoot me a message, tweet uh, Man United fans. So if you want to hate on me for that or <laughs> talk uh, talk banner, I'd be happy to rejoice in the Alexis Sanchez signing and bid Mickey farewell. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> Actually, I realised just then I said, how can people contact you? I wasn't implying a phone number, so don't worry about that. So contact Justin for all things FPL. And if you want to get in contact with Fancy Football Surgery, you can follow us on www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook by typing Fancy Football Surgery. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes under Fancy Football Surgery. Follow us on SoundCloud. Listen to us there. Uh, we're on Reddit, so when we release the podcast, we're always looking for people to up the pod on there. Up the pod. You can follow a lot of our discussion, which takes place on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. Uh, and you can also email us FF surgery podcast at yahoo.com. Questions, clip art, and complaints are all dealt with through that avenue. Please use it. <laughs> Join our mini league. It's the Fancy Football Surgery podcast, and the code is 1173-455. And also, if you'd like to support the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash fantasyfootballsurgery. A couple of different options on there in terms of following us. But like Justin said, get involved. Get involved with all the, uh, the Slack channel as there's some great discussions going on. You can also, if you'd like to send us feedback to be featured on the feedback box section, you can tweet us that FF, at FF underscore surgery or through any of the other avenues I've just given you. Um, we're, we're all over the place, aren't we, Iceman? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're, we're, we, you can find us anywhere, more or less. Literally anywhere. And, um, and Iceman, any, I always say words of wisdom, so just, just anything, really, anything to say. There's just nothing to say, no words of wisdom here, no. Right, okay, well, <laughs> having said all that then, enjoy the next two game weeks. Good luck, you'll be hearing from us very, very soon, and it's up the pod from all of us here at the Surgery Podcast. Play the funky music. Cheers, Justin. Um, That was good. Justin, awesome. Thank you.